This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Have you guys ever heard of a worship album that has cuss words in it? Well, today we're going to hear a conversation between Stephen Manuel and his good buddy, Craig Dockery, and they're going to talk about some attempts that both of them have made to wade into new spaces with music that would appeal uniquely to guys, um, while also allowing guys to really express parts of themselves that if we're honest, don't normally get talked about in the popular Christian music world. So I was doing some chores last week and listening to some Pandora worship station, and it struck me after a while that I had kind of heard the same uh, thing over and over. It was all these high-pitched female vocals, and if, if a guy did come on, he was singing falsetto about how he wanted to snuggle up to Jesus. And look, I'm, I'm not bashing popular Christian worship music. I really appreciate it, actually, quite often, and and listen to it a lot. But what we're going to hear today is, is a f- deeper discussion on how masculinity can be expressed in music that is sung to God in ways that are not really what we've come to expect if you've been around the, the Christian music scene. Um, I hope you guys will indulge us here at Abraham's Wallet. I know our our wheelhouse is normally your money and how to run a household, but topics of masculinity in general, they're interesting to us, so we thought this would be a fun conversation, and Craig has just made a new album called Hymns for Trucks, and we're going to start off the podcast by listening to one of the songs called Like a Tree from his album. You'll hear more during the conversation about how you can explore all the music Craig and Stephen have both been making. But we're going to start off with that song from Craig, and then we're also going to hear a song from a project that Craig and Stephen Manuel worked on together from a band called Blood Brother, and that song is called Whatever Pleases You, Army Version. So we're going to kick off with those two songs, and then we're going to dive straight into a conversation between Craig and Stephen about masculinity and music. Uh, At the very end of this podcast, I'm going to stick my favorite song from this new album, Hymns for Trucks, so stay tuned for that. And this is a long one, but I thought it was really interesting, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Here we go. Fresh 
Okay, so we just heard uh, one of the songs from your new record. And which the, one did we hear? Well, I don't know. Wait, you tell me. Which one did we just hear? Hmm. What should it be? An uh, an energetic one, or uh, like a thoughtful you know, one, or I, the one with the cuss words in it? I like like a tree because it's got that. Oh, let's do like really a... filthy lead. Man, we listen to like a tree. Man, wasn't that a great song? <laughs> like a tree is a great song. Yeah. And then we also listened to something that you and I did together, which was called um, um, Blood Brothers. Yeah, it's Train of Hands for War and our, oh, whatever pleases, whatever pleases you. you. Man, I, that song sounded great, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, boy, that sounded good stuff. So you and I, um, we are musicians independently. But we also have this thing that we do together called Blood Brother. That's right. And let's hold off on Blood Brother, and let's just talk about your new record, which just which just came out. Yeah, just tell us why you did that. First okay, of all. so I just put out a record called Hymns for Trucks, and uh, it started as just a, a, a personal creative project for me because, uh, as you know, I work at a ginormo church, and there's a lot of complexity and a lot of p- people to make sure that we're serving well and doing all this kind of thing. And sometimes it's nice for a creative just to have a project without a client, you know? You just make something that energizes you for the sake of the work. And so I started writing... I've always written songs. I've I've been a musician since I was seven, you know? But I haven't recorded stuff in a long time. And I and so I took some of these half-form songs and uh, and then finished them up and over the last six months have record, recorded and released these last eight songs. And the whole point of it is, what it really became is what was in my heart, which is similar to this Blood Brother thing where I just wanted to make these God-focused songs that a guy can listen to in his rusted-out Bronco with the windows rolled down, blasting it without feeling like a wuss. Okay. So, yes, I get, the, I get what you said about wanting to do something with, without... Without a, these people, I gotta please. But it's interesting to think if you had done that and said, within my big church context, if I'd done that, we we all kind of know how it would have turned out. How's that? Because when you jump, if you had jumped through the hoops of this is what I expected from a big church to come out with music, we have a pretty good idea of what that music would sound like. Because it's, we, it's typical, yeah. Because, Although we did come out with the Blood Brother thing officially through the deal. Yeah, but. Yeah, but they ain't singing those songs on their in their weekends with their mm. church. Okay, that's and and when people say, "I just spent an hour listening to worship music," they 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 weren't listening. I see to Blood, what you're getting. Blood at. Brother, you're talking about what modern the modern worship sound. Yeah, yeah. So contrast that to your sound, and mm. why? What's the difference? Okay, well, why is there a difference? Uh, well, so the modern worship sound is lots of synthesizers and lots of reverb, big echo, big anthems, and lots of tender moments. Lots of when men sing, they sing real breathy, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and honestly, I'm fine with that. I don't mind it. Yeah. My whole thing is, I think modern worship music is just too narrow of a bandwidth, even just sonically. Let's not even, let's take lyrics out of it. It just all sounds too similar. Mm-hmm. And I think when you limit yourself sonically, you limit yourself emotionally because music is kind of pure emotion, you know? And so if I could explore the whole realm of it, then I might be able to express some different emotions to God, more aggressive ones or more uh, ragged ones or something like that. And so mine sounds way more like, you know, some band that would open for Skinnerd or Black Sabbath or something like that. And so... Yeah. uh, which basically, I just played the music that I liked, you know. Right. So that's what it, that's where we ended up. Yeah, I'm drinking the, soda. Uh, you are right now I'm drinking a Diet Mountain Dew because <laughs> okay. I care about my health. Yeah, that's not natural. Um. Yeah the 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 breadth of the the range of musical style that worship can occupy or you know so we're told is so narrow um i remember somebody gave me a john thurlow album a couple years ago and it was it was a piano and a drummer and i think there was some sprinkled in stand-up bass and Mm. so i thought 
oh, is this guy going to do jazzy worship music? Well, mm. I, I'm, I'll listen to the whole thing if yeah. he's even going for something that yeah. that different. Yeah. So to have what we uh, enjoy feel so outside the norm that it's kind of exciting just because just because it's different. So describe for people what it's like when we play at a camp. What, mm. What's that like? Now you got to realize right. our listeners have, have never heard either of our music, have never been to a camp. But I thought we just played some of the songs. Well, yeah, they, except it was, for those. it was their first taste of it. Uh, now they know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, so, you know, so we started this thing called Man Camp, um, which is basically uh, men camping uh, out in the woods four years ago. And it's a Christian men's retreat, except it's also not because it's primitive camping. And because we bring things like kegs of beer and we let guys smoke cigars and whatnot around the campfire. And so it's very much more this more visceral, a little more kind of traditionally masculine, or at least it leaves room for that Mm -hmm. compared to the American Christian connotation that an American Christian male is a lot like Ned Flanders. And so this was a lot more wide open, you know. There were guys in hipster jeans there, but they're the ones that maybe felt a little bit more out of place versus the guys who like move dishwashers for a living, right? You know, and so anyway, one of the big things we wanted to do was engage folks, engage guys in worship, and you know, another reason worship music sounds the way that it does right now is just simply because the market is dominated by women consumers, at least in the Christian market, and so you're dealing with uh, or you're creating content that that women are going to respond with more naturally than mm-hmm. a typical guy, you know, who doesn't, who's maybe not as in touch with his feelings or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And so anyway, we had to kind of get back and reestablish this culture of men singing, which is not a new thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, it, you read about the civil war and there's one general who said, uh, having music on the battlefield is like adding a thousand soldiers to wow. the battlefield, which is amazing, right? And these guys, are, these are tough dudes, right? Yeah. And they're singing like while they're fighting. So it's what do you not, think about not, bagpipes with the Highlanders. Yeah, they just right. put just, fire into their veins. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. And so we tried to get back to that and just get guys just to sing and shout and uh, and worship in a in a quote unquote manly way. And it's been powerful. Like and and now we have this culture of guys that know that that's that's the thing. You know, there's still going to be forty percent of new guys at any given man camp. So. Out of a thousand guys, four hundred of them are walking in for the first time. But we've built enough of this culture of like, yeah, it's mainly for a dude to sing to God, and they they shout, and it's it's just it's amazing, it's powerful. Why why do you think why do you think over the years that has been drained out of the church, and we've taken on this female friendly mode? Um, I don't know. I guess it's just the the American church has just been a little bit more feminized. Um, I don't know exactly what led to that, but that connotation of Ned Flanders is a real thing. That's mm-hmm. just a, a reflection of the perception of what American Christians are. And I guess it's maybe that uh, maybe our perception of masculinity has a lot more to do with just the virility and the embracing of vices and all this thing. And, and a lot of American Christian men have just not done any of those things. They've lived a more passive internal life, or at least that's this is all the connotation of it. Why do you think, Stephen? Well, if I can, uh, there's a, I think there's a whole lot of reasons, but I can, if I can posit one thing that, that would apply directly to our, our audience is that <clears throat> um, if you look at verses like 1 Corinthians 14, 26, which says, when you come together, everyone has a song or a hymn a word of revelation, a teaching, a tongue, or an interpretation. And all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. The idea, biblically, is when the church gathers, you're on stage. Every single person is on stage, and you have to contribute something. Hmm. In that environment, you can imagine that leaders are made pretty easily, Mm because even if it's five minutes, you're leading the meeting at some point. And the present picture of what it looks like when the church comes together is that we're supposed to be mute when you when you're when you're in the environment that represents the most important thing in your life which is your soul your walk with god etc that's the time when you're supposed to be quiet that system would make every bold 
big bald man leave the room because mm-hmm. you go like, well, this isn't a place for me. I don't have any work to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I have no right. project here. That's right. And so that's why there's such a natural, I think, punting of the spiritual formation of the family over to local pastors because, well, he seems to be the authority on this. And if his take on the scriptures disagrees from my take of the scriptures, I mean, I'm sure he wins. Mm -hmm. And so the wife, who wife are more, women are more generally interested in the unseen and the spiritual anyways. And so she, she's happy to sit there and have a strong man talk about the Bible for an hour. I mean, we're we're talking about a hundred year process Mm -hmm. here. And she gets all of her nourishment from the eloquent guy up at the front. Her plumber husband can't talk as eloquently about the scriptures, so he doesn't talk at all about Mm -hmm. the scriptures. And then so there's this receding of men. And so what we're trying to do is pump fire back into these guys veins and go like hold on now you, you you have a place that you it's not even an option for you to give up on this place in your home god is not going to give away your position so anyways if you just take that whole that whole process that's gone through the church that i think is the feminization of the church where we end up with songs that you know I know a, a writer that talks about guys sitting in a in a dark room singing about letting Jesus come inside me, and they're thinking, <laughs> "I don't, I don't like to sing this." This is a weird song yeah. for me to sing. It's not in my key. It's way up high mm-hmm. for the tenor up there to scream at the top of his lungs. So, just to recapture, men singing together mm-hmm. is a really, it's really ancient thing. It's really noble thing. Yeah. Um, this isn't about patriarch or anything, but when when the scripture is talking about leadership or coming to the Lord, a lot of times it's men writing to men, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "Come on, guys, let's go." And we, over the years, we've just jettisoned all of that stuff. So, okay, let's talk about when you are actually doing that thing. I don't know if you've played your new record live anywhere. I have not. No. Well, l- well let's talk about what Blood Brother. Di- what if I did? <laughs> that would be pretty hot. <laughs> <That'd be> sweet. <laughs> you guys, we're talking you guys about would all be invited? Blood Brother kind of uh, experiences where we're playing music in front of a crew. First of all, describe what uh, our playing live, what, what does that look like? Uh, it's a pretty simple band setup where you got guitar, bass, drums, a couple old keyboards, like an old Hammond and old Rhodes, maybe two guitars. We pretty quickly said... The older, the better? The older and the heavier, the better. Uh, we pretty quickly said no acoustics. Like, just as much as this is just the pendulum swing away from the style of worship that people are used to, just just to, you know smack them in the face with something different we uh yeah it's all all electrics even the piano's electric mm-hmm. and uh and i you know i think we come out of there with a posture of rock and roll and uh and go back and forth between being as loud as we possibly can to pump guys up and also just a kick drum four on the floor getting everybody involved getting everybody singing uh and the beautiful thing about that band uh and it's kind of a rotating cast of guys but there's a lot of real spiritual maturity so these are guys that can get up there and model what it's like to be manly and sing and you know sing your balls off and also be exhorting guys to like let the spirit of god like wash over you and true and respond you know so uh i don't know it's uh it, it's pretty fantastic so we come out of there and i just i just see guys responding in, yeah, in massive describe ways how, so, how do they respond how do men respond i think men respond by singing at the top of their lungs first of all i think we often just give them permission to do that, right? And say, it doesn't matter how good you're singing. I think all too often, just in everything, we assume that perfection is the goal. And the thing I always love to say is like, I don't care how nice it sounds, I just care that it's loud. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's, and, and these, these guys respond to it, they'll sing forever and, um, and they'll be into it. I see guys crying, I see guys like, you know, hugging as they're singing, you know, like arm, arm in arm kind of yeah. thing. And I, I just I think what we're tapping into is something that is naturally in all of us or something that's available to all of us, but we're so scared of being vulnerable or of, of showing any emotion other than anger that the, all this all gets locked up. So to be able to aggressively sing these songs to God, and but these are aggressive statements of love, aggressive statements of surrender, 
this is that like where else is a guy gonna do that right and so it's cathartic you know yeah. it's and it, it's um yeah like i said it's it's super powerful um i'm just thinking about the difference in, in being in that mode from like let's say you're in a churchy very refined scenario and glorify thy name that old chorus comes on and we all sing very pleasing and proper glorify thy name whereas you could take that same song put it you could it would throw it would dovetail not very nicely into one of our yep. band sets and it would be fists raised and guys going glorify thy name like i'm this, always hoarse by the end of the weekend yes, right i'm always too. like that was pretty great <laughs> <You know? laughs> but there's this guttural exaltation that's totally appropriate that i gotta say in christianity at large we aren't given yeah, room for i, I mean we did a we did a i think a hill song i think um concert here this past year and it was like big led screens and there was time where they said in in australian let's lift it up for jesus now <laughs> and everyone there was just like a lot of clapping yay mm. you might hear a couple of 18 year olds say yay. i would still say like because i was at that same concert like people still engaged more than they normally do yeah so there is like there is just power in people singing communally whether it's at medium voice or or anything, you know, as long as you can hear and feel, you, you feel all of these people just praising the God that we're trying to come closer to. But to hear guys shouting it at the top of their lungs and like one more time, yeah, yeah. I stop doing it, yeah, again. you yeah, know, and everybody's yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 this whole other level, and um, yeah, I love it. Some of, some of my, like favorite weekends of the year. Yeah, you know? I think it's a great relief and release when guys are actually put into that scenario um do you look for this kind of music have you been looking for it i've I, I you know i haven't marketed it super well it has mostly been a grassroots friends and family kind of thing and my next level of effort is to start putting it like submitting it for playlists and things like that and maybe doing doing some instagram ads or something like that yeah. but i have been looking for other bands i haven't seen a lot of just rock and roll worshipy stuff. I what I found is the typical um, modern worship stuff that's all synths and all that kind of thing, or the stuff that's just like Christian death metal. You know, anything that's somewhat <laughs> yes. aggressive. It's just like, yes. and you're yes. like, I think it's Christian. I'm context clues <laughs> tell me it's either Christian or really sarcastic Satanism. Uh. I guess you know. And but but I have found a few things by some guys. Uh, some guys through the vineyard that have done a bunch more like folky uh, worship type stuff and more like roots Americana type things. Well, who are they? Some of my stuff gets into it. Uh, well, let me look at the phone that I'm recording on and okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some I names. can recommend somebody while you're looking that up. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, have you heard the Modern Post at all? I have heard them, but I, I haven't. I've, I've heard of them. I've not heard that. That's some really know. good Modern stuff. Post. And. Our friend Ben turned me on to those guys. I think they're from Mars Hill, ah. and it's it's rock and roll Jesus. It's pretty good stuff. That's great. So okay, here's this is my friend uh, my friend Josh Gott turned me on to some of these because he used to be a vineyard worship leader. Uh, there's a guy named Ryan Delmore, and he's got an album called The Spirit, The Water, and The Blood, and it's really good, really good songwriting, really good vibe guy named Chris Lazat, L-I-Z-O-T-T-E, and he has the same kind of thing, just gravelly voice, and he's leading worship at a at a vineyard doing, you know, just doing, like, acoustic instruments and all this kind of thing, like upright bass and yeah. violin and all this, but his stuff is freaking great. And then um, a, a group called the Americana Congregation hmm. that uh, is Good kind name. of a collective of all those guys that do that. And then, there, have you ever heard of the Soul Stirrers? No. It's, uh, I think, Sam Cooke came up through them it's it sounds kind of like the temptations but it's this group that has been they were together from like the 40s until the 70s and just kind of this rotating quartet of guys doing soul stuff and all this and like influenced the motown sound heavily so if you like motown and you like jesus the soul stirs yeah. some like old-timey pretty cool kind of stuff so anyway though as i've been looking for stuff that just is a wider part of, of course. That, that bandwidth I've, I've found it it's just it doesn't have a lot of listens yeah. on Spotify it's yeah. surprising you know 
So. Yeah, Marvin Gaye did a song called "God Is Love" that's always on heavy rotation. Uh, yeah. Just like, yeah, give me anything, give me yeah. something. So let me right. ask. And I know that you know guys like our mutual friend Judd, who hangs drywall for a living, and is very—he's a leader at uh, the man camps. Mm-hmm. So, so take a guy like Judd or your plumber that you mentioned. So they they. Here they they get into an environment where they're told to raise their fists and shout to God, which is something they've never done in their lives. Mm-hmm. You hand them a disc and you go like, "This sounds like Zeppelin or John Fogerty or something," yeah, and you yeah. you can listen to this and you know I don't know what a guy does have your tattoos and whatever and feel manly while you're worshiping God. What do you think that unlocks in a guy? Have you seen something? A process. I I think it unlocks the fullness of guys. I mean, I think just based on our our experience at Main Camp and all the conversations I've had with tons of guys, I just think it's they're tapping into something within them that they didn't even know existed. You know, the idea that there is um, like worship can be a powerful thing, worship can be a manly thing, and I can connect. I can connect God with God in this intimate way, and I just like it actually just makes their whole connection with God more personal. You know, like. It, it helps them reach this emotional and this spiritual bandwidth that they didn't have before. And I hear from, you know, I've heard a couple couple guys that I've shared this album with that are the, just the exact dudes. You know, they're the guys with kind of scraggly beards and trucker hats, and they might work for Apple, or they might work, you know, in a factory or do whatever different things, but... They're going for something them. different with their trucker hats if they're working for a factory and working for Apple. Different, different, different things. Like one's one, a Purina hat. Yeah. Well, one they're actually using it to to truck. You know, the other one they're it's just the shade from their monitor surfer or whatever. Hat. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I it's it, what has been really rewarding is to see the the few people that I've sent this out to, the guys that I expect to respond to it totally respond to it. To it. So what that tells me is. One, there are people that this that that need this kind of stuff. The big problem is I just don't know how to get to them, you know, because nobody has that mailing list. You know what I mean? Right. Because those guys aren't opting into faith, at least in a deep way. They're not on like the Zondervan Publishing House no. mailing list because that's that stuff is not made for them most of the time, right. you know. And so, I think my my mission right now is to just to keep finding more of those guys, even if it's like three at a time. You know, I think that's really valid. I I'll never forget this watershed moment when um, Barna's Revolution book came out, and he said that the polls tell us that now, and now was I think oh three, now there are more believers outside the church than inside the church. So you're not going to find believers the, the lion's share of believers by marketing at a Christian bookstore because yeah. they don't go there. There's some degree to which they don't think because they don't feel at home in church and mm-hmm. so they don't feel like they really qualify for churchy Christiany books that mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like part of their lives. So uh, um <clears throat> you're saying that I'm creating a platform for these guys to enter into a worship life with God in a way that they didn't think they didn't think they were um, candidates for. Yeah. Well, I would say it's also this. It's also kind of a stepping stone to what is kind of traditional, or not traditional, but like modern worship yeah. music. Because that stuff is powerful. Agreed. That stuff really like it totally moves sure. my soul. It was a steep cliff for me to climb for that to get into my heart. Because right. I grew up playing church music, and that stuff just never connected with me. Yeah. Now, I, I, I did the hard work, or I finally lost enough pride that I could actually hear it yeah. for, for what it was trying to do and it resonated with me and it speaks to me and God works through it it's just a it's a high bar of difficulty just to get into that my hope is that this is a stepping stone into that and the guys would have a a playlist that would have this and Zeppelin and some Hillsong on it eventually right. that it all starts to tie together right exactly I look through my playlists and the stuff that comes out of my phone when I plug it in in my car and the only thing that sounds like worship music is worship music on my mm, phone yeah. everything else sounds like really good interesting <laughs> music right. and then I know oh when I'm going to play the 
one chord to the four chord, four bars mm-hmm. each. I oh, and it's all synthy and it's ding 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 ding. Yeah. Okay. I know. Okay. I have to change my brain to go. Look. All right. It's not about the music now. It's about the Lord. Okay. So, if I could get that those same biblical lyrics and truth about mm-hmm. blessed be the name, but yeah. I could sing that with mm-hmm. raging guitars or give me some kind of. Bruce Hornsby piano or yeah. something that yeah. I could go into that'd be such a thrill. So here's to expanding expanding the the breadth of what worship music can be. Okay, speaking of expanding the breadth of what worship music can be, mm-hmm. tell me about having explicit lyrics on your record. <laughs> well, what's funny is that um, so the lyrics, the exact lyrics are um, the chorus of this song called "Hell Yeah Jesus Loves You" goes. Hell yeah, Jesus loves you, but here's the deal, he won't take no bullshit, because this whole wide world needs saving, and he's on the clock to rescue it. And Pretty good. That, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan, you know? So that line uh, came actually out of this spiritual exercise that we did at the church that I work at, mm. where uh, we were supposed to be writing on one, we had like two columns on a piece of paper, write down aspects of who Jesus is, who you see Jesus to be, and who you know him to be and one of the lines i wrote was he doesn't he doesn't take any bullshit and it just kind of stuck with me and i'm like well what if i wrote a song about that you know made a little bit more americana kind of like old 97s kind of sound you know and uh and i wrestled with it i actually i played it for all of my bosses and i was like would you have a problem with uh, me putting this and they're like oh no that's great you know and and so i put it out and then the question was What's my mom gonna think of this? Because my because Carol Dockery is a good Nazarene woman, and she's and I do not want to disappoint her, you know. Right. And so the day that the day that the thing came out, she texts me. She's like, "I love the song, oh. especially the one with Bull S dash dash dash." Like she couldn't even type it, you know. But she loved. It. I think I think there's an element of I I I've surprisingly gotten not any pushback on it. And from I, I've gotten conversations with other worship or with like worship leaders that are saying. I think it's great. Like once again, it it stretches the bandwidth yeah. of what your conversation with God can be. You know, and depending on your what you what you study the Bible to or what you want believe about the Bible, like Paul says, shit in it. You know, yeah. and I mean, there's some pretty aggressive stuff in there. So it's not just sim- simply for the sake of shock value. It's to try and express it with the same like aggression and vigor viscera yeah that that you want your faith to be you know and it's a song that might just connect with uh connect with a guy who's not going to listen to a song that just uses the same 14 worshipy words over and over again. yeah that's right yeah that's one that's one thing i'm always on the lookout for is how do we describe allegiance to god and obedience to him in something other than those magic 12 words that yeah, we hear right. all the and time. They're, they're great words, but let's, we just got to work yeah. hard to find some new ones, you know? So, so, um, so it turns out it, it's not, it's not so much, uh, controversial. It's cathartic for people. And I'm like, Oh, wow. So, yeah. well, you were also, as you said, responsible with the way you used those words. And, I think the whole record, except for that song, they're songs to the Lord. Mm. And then there's this one song that's yeah. kind of for the listener. Yeah, that's right. And so you, at, that's a very specific reach out that you're doing. To, you're trying to cross a bridge and mm-hmm. go like, hey, man, you know, I stubbed my toe too. And I yeah. hit my thumb with the hammer just like you. Um, which is really cool. There's something that seems humble about that. If the job mm. of the artist... I was just watching some Nina Simone this week, mm. and like that woman was so brave on mm. stage. She would just, she's an unbelievable pianist, and she would just, whatever's happening in her marriage, in her relationship to the culture, she'd get up on stage and just go, This is it, you know, deal with it. And like, this is me. I think that's part of the responsibility of the artist is yeah. to unzip in front of everybody and go, Here's my heart. And that kind of feels that kind of feels yeah. like it's in that vein to go, look, this is my world. I'm inviting you into it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a really interesting song. Yeah. Um I'd love to I'd love to see how many Jesus songs have explicit <laughs> Lyric warnings. You might be the first in human history. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you know it's first funny. First in iTunes history. Yeah, right. You, so you talk about 
the artist being vulnerable, uh, vulnerable, or even like the way that we play the man camp stuff, we have a really rough set list, and we we'll play a song three times in a row if we need to, and then if it feels like it's going off the rails, we let it. We just follow it off the rails and see where it goes. I think that's another thing that um, that's missing from all too much of worship culture is just that it's it's too worried about production value. You know, mm-hmm. production value is great. But it's an arms race, and it will never—you—you—you never—you'll never reach transcendence with uh-huh. production value. So I—I've I, just been thinking about that a lot this week. With mm. that, have you seen the Worship Fails Instagram account? It's got that. No, it's got but the I saxophone. Yeah, yeah, that, that saxophone. Oh, you should close this out. With we the should saxophone. link to the sax solo. Yeah, that should totally. Be how we close. But there's so there's this new Instagram account. It's only like a couple months old, I think, called Worship Fails. That's basically people's tracks being out of key or oh. you know or auto-tune being set to the wrong key or whatever <laughs> and it's hilariously terrible you know and i think about it and i think to uh this we, we do staff training every wednesday and we do worship right at the beginning of it for half an hour and we were it was nine twenty three, and it goes till nine thirty. and this wednesday the worship leader who's doing this guy named brad he was like well sang all my songs that I had planned. I remember that. You guys want to do anything? Anybody got any requests or whatever? And it became a wonderful thing. Like we sang, yes. he didn't even know the words, so another guy like pulled him up and came up there and it was this moment that we all had together that had nothing to do with perfection but all about all of us just having this thing together and it enabled us to focus on God instead of focusing on the production or the quality of the thing because there was just it was improv, right? Yeah. And and I think about that and like how all the worship fails stuff is like it could either go that way or it could go towards improv and this transcendent moment. And yeah. that's another thing I would love to have more of. It's like more guitar solos. You right, know what I mean? Right. It, it, whether that's speaking or guitars, you know? Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of the next question I was going to ask, which was those those improv moments. So this the song that we played up at the beginning of this podcast was um, I can't remember the name of it again. Like a tree, the other one, uh, whatever pleases whatever you. Pleases army you. version, yeah. So the army version of whatever pleases you. So there's a pre-chorus that's uh, that's from the Psalms. It says, "Train our hands for war, and our fingers for the fight." So remember, we've done this at camp before, where we've just kind of done a breakdown at that point, and we've had all the men screaming war, mm-hmm. and they're putting their fists in the air and screaming war. Okay, so if you think of war cries battle hymns hymns for trucks cussing for jesus surely there's something in the culture that does not appreciate or enjoy this i suppose so but what are they going to do about it (laughs) you know (laughs) yes like and i would also say those are not the people i'm trying to reach like i am i am definitely all in on ministry in my life whether I'm working at a church or whether I'm not or whether I'm just hanging out with my friends like yeah. I'm always trying to keep my ears up for what is like what is where's God pointing me you know yeah. and where God is pointing me is actually more often than not guys who have some semblance of church or faith but are just sitting around waiting to be woken up you know like yeah. and so the people that are worried about P's and Q's and dotting I's and the people that are probably chairman of the uh, missions committee or whatever <laughs> at some church that is whatever is dying because they're because of how mean they are or yes. whatever like I'm not trying to, like I'm somebody else is assigned to those guys I'm not right. assigned to them so if it were if it were bothering the guy in the trucker hat that I'm trying to reach then I would I would adjust my tone oh, yeah but it's reaching him okay and I feel clear before God you know I, I, I don't know how much you've thought about this but say more about what you're coming against. What is it that you want to come against? Not only culturally, big picture, like I think the music ought to be cooler, mm-hmm. but for that guy who's sitting there listening, what are you coming against? I think I'm coming against a lot of different things. One is culture in general that says you need to be passive, that every dad on a serial commercial is the idiot, you know, and and men don't know anything. Um Men, no, men are still leaders. And, and also, uh, coming against the culture of any man who is aggressive at all is, uh, 
has to be toxic or uh, you know or not respect women or children or anyone weak no that's not that's not right at all those are terrible leaders a man a man can be a leader and be a servant leader and care for people so and aggressive yeah and you so you can be aggressive you can be um you can live the full life that you know you think about like the braveheart kind of guys you just saw those guys like hanging out with their buddies and they're going and fighting and all this kind of stuff and they're loving their women like they're doing everything kind of full and they're living these honorable lives so one, I would say that it's possible to live an honorable life, you know. And two, I would say honorable aggression. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then two, I, it, I mean, coming against that once again is that to be an American Christian, you have to look like Ned Flanders and act like Ned Flanders. And all too often, I, I you know, that's one of my favorite things about working at a big church and being a part of a big church, even before I worked there, is it's easier for me to find guys that I have affinities with and to find somebody that you. You just like to be around, and you also happen to be bending your life towards the same thing as that guy. Like that's a friendship you're going to hold on to forever, you know. And so to to model a little bit of that, that those are the kinds of things that I'm I'm looking at. And looking at a guy who installs dishwashers for a living or whatever, and saying you're doing great right where you are. All you have to do is just listen to whatever God's saying to you. That doesn't mean you have to start wearing argyle sweaters or you know exchange the trucker hat for some weird, you know. Peaky Blinders looking hat or whatever. <laughs> you you're doing great. You just keep following. God made you the way that you are, and like freaking go for it. Yeah. yeah. Anything you wish I'd asked you about? Um, where Craig? Where could you find hymns for trucks? So Craig, uh, l- let's say that our listeners are going uh, that interests me, or maybe. I feel like I should venture out that way, and and the songs that I heard at the head were kind of maybe a little challenging for me. But I'd like to kind of get into that space. Where do they, where do they get your music? Well, you basically just Google hymns for trucks. Hymns for tr- you. So hymns you're the tr- only thing that comes up. Hymns for trucks. Pretty much. There's okay. less than a hundred uh, Instagram uh, tags for of hymns for trucks. Most of them are for me. You just go to CraigDockery.com. <laughs> And there's links to Spotify, to Apple Music, to iTunes. I don't know if I don't know if it links to Amazon Music, but it's on Amazon. If you use Deezer, I don't know what Deezer is, but when on my little distributor, I clicked, yeah, add it to Deezer, yeah, Napster, Deezer, Radio, Radio Fire, whatever. All these, I don't know who listens to those, but good on you if okay. you want to listen to them. Cool. Well, uh, and I would also say if you have a guy that sounds like the kind of guy that we we're talking about in this in this podcast. Take a step and share it with him. If as a, listen to it first, make sure you don't hate it, and then share it with the guy. Like yeah. this is a tool meant to bless people. This is not. This is not me self promoting. This is me saying, I just wish there was more of this kind of, of music out in the world. Of course, awesome. Even though the website is my name. Yeah, why isn't it hymns for trucks? Because I'm gonna make other records. Not because I already had CraigDocker.com. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, go to craigdockery.com or you can look up hymns for trucks. Awesome. Well, we'll as we leave, we'll uh maybe we can put a link to the terrible sax solo, but uh if you give us permission, we'll stick another one of your songs at the uh rear end of this recording. What do you say? Yeah. You can use any of the songs. Okay. We're going to we're going to use one of your songs on the on the back end. Craig, thank you for uh holding down the fort for the dudes out there and for being a rough rider yourself and bless you for making hymns for trucks and loving loving regular old guys. (laughs) 